It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. For those watching on YouTube, you, get, you already know what time it is. It's the Locked On Sports Minnesota Roundtable. Superior Sports Talk with Luke Inman and Reggie Wilson. And then, of course, the Ron Johnson Show with myself and Sam Ekstrom. For those listening, it's about to get real good. You can't see, but Sam is wearing a Vikings Kirk Cousins jersey. No, I'm joking. But we know <laughs> don't, that. Don't put that on me, Ron Johnson. But we know that Sam loves him some Kirk Cousins. But as we jump into today's talk, fellas, there's been a lot going on with football. It's almost, I mean, it's itching. I see players posting their videos now, guys working out in the offseason. Everybody's getting their cone drills in. That means that football is right around the corner. I also saw, you know, Adam Thielen out there golfing, but then he's running sprints in the backyard between rounds of golf. So you know it's time to go. Well, in today's talk, we're going to talk about the PFF's rankings. Some I can agree with. Some I think they have no idea what they're talking about. So, you know, it's one of those things where you got to create controversy when you can. And today, as we jump into this, we're going to start off with the running backs. And as I throw it to the guys, there was running back rankings, and there were tiers. But I'm going to let Sam, Sam, tell the guys what the question was. Yeah, so Ron and I have been uh, been chatting about this throughout the week, and in the uh, the PFF position group ranking, so this is not just your top back, but your whole position group, uh, where did teams land? Minnesota Vikings running backs ranked number four in the PFF rankings. They are in the elite tier, so that's good for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Reggie and Luke, Kara Gander, what other teams are in that elite tier of running backs in the league? Well, you know, I, I took a little sneak peek at some of these positional rankings, and uh, it's it stinks a little bit, guys, because the Packers seem to be ahead of the Vikings in nearly every single category. In fact, <laughs> according to PFF, they're in the top five in like the majority of these positional rankings. Um, I, I got to assume, though, that the Saints maybe are in there. The Colts, Jonathan Taylor, he's obviously one of the best running backs in the league. Naheem Hines, a great depth ro- uh, rotational piece. So um, those would be my other two guesses, Colts and Saints. Yeah, the Colts definitely there. And like like Ron, Luke, you missed the number one team on their list. Ron took a while to, to figure this one out, not to throw you under the bus, Ron. <laughs> Reggie, can you think of the number one team on the running back list? The number one team. Uh, would, it, would it be Tennessee? Ron, that's your favorite, too, with, uh, yeah. with King Henry. But uh, no, it's Cleveland. It's Nick uh, Chubb. It's yeah, Kareem yeah, Hunt. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's a and that's yeah. a dirty one-two combo mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that that's makes nasty. sense. Yeah. Okay. And this uh, is where I go with this, and I get where they're going. Um, we know what Kevin Stefanski can do there. We know what that team can do now with Deshaun Watson. I honestly think, though, when you look at King Henry being hurt, Derrick Henry was hurt, so so some of that is going to be taken into account. Because honestly, I don't care who his backup is. The guy's almost getting you 2,000 yards. Mm -hmm. So that's why I struggle when I don't see him as a – or them as a top-tier running back room for that reason. Like, the guy is is close to 2,000 yards when he's healthy every single time. Like, he's a 100-yard game in his sleep. He falls forward every single (laughs) time. And so – in, in that aspect, but you know what? The fact that the Vikings are in there, I can't be too mad at it. We know Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. They've added some young rookies. Uh, they have a, a, a Kene Wangwu as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I see where they're going with, with the uh, with with um, 
Cleveland, but this is what the Cleveland had. Cleveland at one point had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. So they weren't getting the box fronts that some of these other, like the Titans. The Titans were seeing eight-man boxes at times. I mean, you saw the Ravens game, I think, a year or two ago when when Derrick Henry put um, Earl, uh, what's his name? Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas on every meme. Every Mm -hmm. meme. And so what that shows you is that the Ravens sold out, went eight to nine men in that box, and Henry still found a way through it. So I'll be interested to see what this team looks like. Now, we do know Deshaun Watson may or may not play, but now you're not going to have those receivers that you had before. That's been the big one. you know. And so, eh, you know, it is what it is. But I don't know. What Do you, do you guys yeah, agree I, with those four? Well, well, I think when I looked at some of these rankings from PFF, I think it's obvious they put a ton of stock into the depth piece. Now, sometimes it works in your team's favor. Sometimes it doesn't. For the Vikings, obviously, ranking as one of those elite uh, uh, teams in that top five, you know, one could argue – out of all the Vikings positions on the roster, running back is their best positional group top to bottom from starters to depth. You already touched on it, Ron. We know Dalvin's a superstar in the league. Madison, rock solid backup and can come in and carry the load when Dalvin's a little banged up. But now you saw flashes of Kenny Nwangu last year on special teams scoring not one but two return TDs. It's hard not to think that O'Connell isn't going to find ways to get him involved in the offensive game plan. Then to top it all off, you use a day three pick on Ty Chandler, who they really like, and they can, you know, let him get acclimated for a year with no rush, no pressure, get him primed up for next season to take over running back three. With kind of the writing on the wall, it feels like that Madison may be a free agent casualty next offseason. This year, though, that's about as complete of a unit top to bottom as you can get. And this is where I go. So next one, and this is one that I just saw. Defense line. There's six tiers. Tier six being... We have no idea what you're going to be, and I'll tell you, the Chicago Bears are in that. Um, <laughs> that's the question mark tier is what they call it. Also, Arizona Cardinals. That was a little strange when you, when you add a Watt brother, but, um, hey, they just think J.J. Watt maybe is done. Where do you think the Vikings fall in this? In Tier 1, there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams in Tier 1, and then in Tier 2, there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams in Tier 2. And then there's tier three. I'll tell you this: the Buffalo Bills are in tier three, so that mm, that should wow. help you out. What? With, mm, yep. Interesting. With Von what Miller. Interesting. Mm. Yep. Von Miller, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle are in, and they Von Miller's thirty three, but they That's put true. the yep. Buffalo Bills in tier three. So where do you think the Vikings fall? One, two, three, four. I'm they're not five or six, so I'll tell you that. I put them in. Two just because I kind of cheated and so <laughs> spoiler spoiler yeah I was gonna throw out tier two as well just because it's so tough because you know when they're healthy talent right. wise not you know no purple shades drinking purple Kool Aid even the experts will tell you when they're healthy Hunter and Zadarius I mean in 2019 it says it in the article I believe yep. I think they led the entire league in 2019 with most quarterback pressures 93 and 88 yep. but it just brings us back to what everybody says they got all the talent in the world they just need to stay healthy it's a big mm-hmm. if and a big gamble but if it pays off it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch this new Ed Donatel pass rush for sure so tough to put them in tier one knowing all the injuries that they've gone through the last two years but the talent's still there on paper so tier two I think makes sense yeah I'll be honest I was surprised they were in tier two I mean after seeing how they devalued their wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Even though they had two elite receivers, PFF devalued the Thielen-Jefferson combo because they they felt they lacked depth. 
Well, I feel the same way about the Vikings' defensive line. Um, I feel like they've got a good one-two with with Hunter and Smith, but those guys are injury-prone. And behind that, I don't feel great confidence in DJ Wanham or Janarius Robinson. I don't feel amazing confidence in their interior. I mean, I think Armin Watts is a nice player. Harrison Phillips is a nice player. But I don't think they have amazing depth on that defensive line, which they demonstrated last year when they lost to Neil Hunter. So I actually thought this was a generous ranking for them to sneak into that second tier. I probably would have put them in that tier three, which they defined as uh, solid all-around defensive fronts. I thought that was more Vikings-like than tier two. Today's roundtable brought to you by BetOnline.net, your home for all the latest sports news and developments. If you want to be um, bold and take the Wolves plus two and a half in the summer league against Tim Connolly's Nuggets in the grudge match, go ahead and place that bet. You can find the odds at BetOnline.net. They've got MMA odds. They've got boxing odds. They've got esports, everything you could ever want, news, scores, podcasts, everything they've also got golf and this is a big time for golf with the open championship coming up next week head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts yeah and i'm surprised i mean it's amazing that the rams lose von miller and they're still number one but you know it's aaron donald so i think there's there's always that one guy that that one guy that kind of gets it going um you know what let's move on to the offensive line sam give us the numbers Offensive line, we talked about this, Ron, a couple Mm -hmm. days ago. It's not pretty for the Vikings, but you know what? PFF puts a nice positive slant on it for Minnesota fans. They put them 19th, but here's this was my point. This was my point to Ron, is that there's upside on this line, you guys. Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Ed Ingram. I think you could argue that all three have their best days in front of them. Now, we don't know how Ingram is going to take to this league. It might He might not play at all this year. It might be a Jesse Davis-Chris Reed year, um, and Ingram might ride the bench. But if he's able to play, you know that he's probably only going to get better. So three out of the five, I think, um, have their best football in front of them. Reggie, what do you think? Yeah, it was interesting because uh, Kevin O'Connell, when he took the job, uh, you probably remember him saying, like, the offensive line was, like, one of the things he was most looking forward to about the team. Which is like, I don't know, you know, say whatever. You know, let us let us believe whatever you say, uh, coach. But um, I think I think he looked at this position as like a position of of luxury. And now he's got a lot of guys at depth. And then you draft Ed Ingram, um, which a lot of people are already, you know, like putting him in on the depth chart at number one at, at right guard. And it's just like, well, you know, there's still some other good guys there. I think if they do decide to put Ed Ingram there, that means that he just really had a great camp and really kind of beat out the competition. And that's going to be a good thing for this Vikings team moving forward. But, you know, Luke and I talked about this. They got guys that, you know, have a little bit of something to prove. Darisaw has something to prove um, because, you know, the whole like flip-flop thing with him and Rashad uh, Hill last year. And then, you know, Bradbury, they didn't decide to extend the the option to him. So he's like, all right, I'm planning to get paid. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of motivation on this line, and I think we'll see some good things from him this season. Yeah, just to touch on that, Sam, you, you, you mentioned they got a lot of promise, and they have that because – 
they finally invested early round picks into this unit instead of trying to find that next John Sullivan in the sixth round. They say, you know what? You usually get what you pay for. We're going to put a bunch of first and second round picks and invest it into this unit that obviously has struggled. I mean, some fans would say all the way back to the the post-Brett Favre era too. So the article says it all. There's some Asian question marks. You guys just mentioned it at two positions, center and right guard. Christian Derrissaw still needs to prove himself, take a big step forward from that rookie campaign. But having said all that, this could still easily be one of Kirk Cousins' best offensive line units he's ever played with. And that may not sound like much, but when you're a pure pocket passer like Kirk, who's got to have a clean pocket to step up into, scan the field, uh, we know he's not going to create plays with his feet. I just hope the Vikings, you know, even if they have a middle-of-the-road unit, say they land somewhere 14, 15, 16, that could bode very well for Kirk. But I just hope they got a backup plan for that center position if Bradbury doesn't pan out four, five, six weeks into the season. You hope they recognize the risk for Kirk not having a clean interior of the pocket and just drop a plan B in training camp now before it's too late and they get a month into the season and Bradbury may still be struggling like we saw the last two years. The backup center doesn't seem like a great strength of this of this line mm-hmm. at this point. Maybe they've got something up their sleeve. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, before we, go, before we jump into the next segment, we're going to finish this one off with the most controversial in my opinion position receivers <laughs> this one for me i struggled because i could not believe where they put the minnesota vikings and i don't know if you guys cheated and already saw but where do you think the minnesota like there's tier one six teams again tier two tier three tier four where do you think the vikings fall how you're talking it sounds like they might be in like tier three or something what do you think luke yeah, well, they shouldn't be in Tier 3, but I got a feeling Reggie's right. Uh, you're starting to nudge me in Tier 2 or Tier 3. <laughs> Where are we at? So they are in Tier 2. Okay. okay. But right. they are ranked 16th. What? No, what? 15th. Sorry, 15th. 15th. Man. 15th behind the Saints, the Seahawks. The Saints? The Cowboys. What? Steelers. Now, now this is where the this is where the Saints. Now, this is one I forgot about. They, they drafted. You got to remember draft picks too. They drafted Chris Olave. Right, but mm-hmm. these guys are up, largely unproven. They Jarvis picked up Jarvis Landry. Played there yet? And they mm-hmm. still have Michael Thomas, who is finally probably going to decide to play now. Okay. Um, you look All at those the question Seahawks. marks. Exactly. You got the Steelers. You got the Broncos. You got the Chargers. You got the Bills and the uh, Rams. That's tier. Uh, it says a potential Odell Beckham return for the Rams, blah, 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 could put them in a tier one. So they already put them in tier one if they get OBDJ back. Then you got the 49ers in, in tier one uh, with Devontae Adams and uh, – or sorry, um, with their uh, – with, with Samuel, who's behind only Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have George Kittle because they put tight ends in this too. You got to remember that. The Vikings don't have any tight ends or okay. Irv Smith, but we don't – they don't truly okay. count him just yet. Uh, you got the Las Vegas Raiders. We know they got better. We got the Eagles with A.J. Brown. You got the Dolphins with Tariq Hill. This is the one that threw me off. The Buccaneers. The huh. Buccaneers are two with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They don't have – I mean, they have O.J. Howard uh, – or sorry, o- Antonio Brown, O.J. Howard, and Rob Gronkowski are no longer on the roster. Mm-hmm. So they like Russell Gage for some reason from Atlanta. Um, and they're uh, tight end who they drafted this year, Cade Otten. So – I just don't get it. And then number one well, is the Cincinnati Bengals, which I get it. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I would put them number one, too, with Tyler Boyd, who needs a tight end when you got those three. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's the Vikings are 15th. 
You know, I, here's why I don't like it is because, you know, some of those top teams that you ripped off, like the Bucks, they're heavy at the top, but they don't have a lot of depth. And then when you look at the Vikings explanation for being down all the way at 15, it seems like they put a lot of basis on that for the lack of depth. Now, it's like you said with the running back and the Titans, uh, Ron, uh, it starts at the top. Derrick Henry's the king. They should be valued pretty high just because of that alone. Who's the Vikings top guy? Obviously, Justin Jefferson, one of the top three receivers already in the league. So you've got an edge right there. And then you had Thielen and KJ into the mix. I just think you'd be hard pressed not to find a starting three that's more well-rounded with a little youth and a little experience. I think at minimum should be in the top seven, eight, uh, if not even the top five. So 15 just seems kind of wild. Just absurd disrespect to KJ Osborne, honestly. <laughs> it really I mean, is. The, the guy had 655 yards and seven touchdowns. The, there were not a lot of wide receiver threes that were that productive last year. I'm sure there were some, but not that many. I mean, he was amazing last year out of nowhere. And people still, I think, are questioning who's going to be the wide receiver three. Yeah. I think you've got him. I think it's K.J. Osborne, and I don't yeah, think it's they that are? close right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know people were discussing. I, I didn't it was, know that you know, either. <laughs> set in stone, it's cemented in. K.J. Osborne certainly earned I, that starting no, I've in seen training it speculated. camp. I've seen it speculated. Yeah, and I don't think that's from the t that's not from the team. I think that's just from people that might not have given him the respect he deserved in, in year one uh, or year two, I guess, of his career. Mm -hmm. But, right. but yeah, I, I think Osborne should elevate the Vikings way up this list because they've got three solid receivers. Yeah, and again, if the article rips on the depth a little bit, I'm not worried about that. It, that's why you got training camp. It's all going to play itself out, whether it's Ola right. BC, Albert Wilson, Jalen Naylor, Amir Smith-Marset when he gets out of that walking boot. So it's not as if they don't have the guys in the talent. We just don't know who it's going to be yet. And like Ron said, they throw a tight end in here. I'm not too worried about it because when you think about the fact Irv Smith Jr. and even Dalvin Cook are going to be flankered out in the slot or out wide from time to time as the number four or five guy pending on the play call and personnel, I, I think they put way too much stock into the overall depth in this and, and definitely, again, didn't take in consideration, like you said, Sam, how great of a sophomore campaign K.J. Osborne had. And this is what I'll say, too. The Arizona Cardinals are 16th. I think that's a bad one because you got DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, who I put at the top, but they, they, they factored in. They said they factored in his six-game suspension, so we forgot okay, about that. Okay, that's fair. So okay. that's part of it. They did uh -huh. bring in Marquise Brown. They got uh, – they 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 um, – uh, Kid from Purdue last year. Um, shoot, blank. Got his name. Moore. Yeah, Rondell, Rondell Moore. Moore. Uh, but this is the one that got me: Zach Ertz, Max Williams, and Trey McBride. I don't know if you saw Trey McBride play. I covered a couple games mm -hmm. two year or no a year ago uh, out there in that conference with Colorado State, with uh, New, New Nevada, uh, and Cole Turner. Trey McBride is it? Like he is. He is a like he could have went to Iowa if he really wanted to. Like Dang, if Iowa knew who dude. he was. Wow. He, he could have been there. Like, he is a good pass-catching and blocking tight end. He's a move guy as well. Um, not really like a 6'7 guy. He's more of that 6'4 uh, kind of body that George Kittle has. Same frame. So he's going to be like Zach Ertz, Max Williams. He's going to be the George Kittle. Like, he's going to block. He's mm. going to do the dirty work, but he's going to give you a ton. I mean, he was the best. He was the, the Mackey Award winner. He's the best tight end in college football. The kid is good. The kid is really good. So – but again, they're throwing the DeAndre Hopkins suspension in there for those first. Right. I wish it was the first seven or eight so the Vikings didn't have to face them. But it's yeah. the first six games. Today's roundtable is also brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials were new without your consent? 
Folks, it's a business scam. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. We've all got a million of them. Truebill helps you stay organized and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. That's the worst when that happens. On average, people can save $720 a year with Truebill. Companies intentionally make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly easy. Just link your accounts. Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They have over 2 million users and helped save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Well, if you haven't seen what happened with the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't care if you live in Canada. You've been under a rock. The Timberwolves leverage pretty much five draft picks, four of their own, plus the guy they drafted in the first round of Kessler for Rudy Gobert. And there's so many nicknames for this guy. The Stifle Tower. What was the other one, Sam, you had? The French Rejection. <laughs> this sounds like a bad date. I, I don't know why I don't like that. Like, this doesn't sound good. Like, you went to France, you got rejected. Like, it just, I don't, I get it, though. Uh, but is D'Angelo Russell, uh, is he still going to be a part of this team? Everybody, and then Kevin Durant. I mean, they just tried to get the Timberwolves to trade the entire team for Kevin Durant. And if Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant, and this is the question, this is the first question I thought of you guys. Because this is, this is one that I was like, wow, I didn't even think about this. If you could get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to, to come to Minnesota, no COVID issues, no nothing, they're both healthy, would you make that trade for Carl Anthony Towns and Ann Edwards? Because now you'll have Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Rudy Gobert. No. Would you make that trade? No. Mm, not at not at not at this age. I mean, that's it's not a quick no for me. I may eventually <laughs> get there, but I got to think long and hard about that one, man. I'm a big Kyrie guy. Obviously, KD, one of the best in the biz. But Reggie's right. I mean, you got to take that age into consideration. We don't even know what Ant is going to turn into. He's just scratching the surface right now. But man, I don't know, Ron. That's pretty tempting. <laughs> nah. Reggie, that was a quick no. I want to hear. I want to hear what Reggie was going to say. No, I, I don't. I wouldn't do it because. Look, Kevin Durant's going to be 34 years old. Yeah, you got him locked in for four years, but like you basically just traded away your future for two guys who are – you just never know what you're going to get. Like Kyrie may decide, like, you know what, I'd much rather, you know, fight for, you know, produce. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think produce is not getting a, a big enough – you know, outcry with what's going on, all the pesticides. You know, I'm sitting Fruits out. and vegetables. Yeah, I'm sitting out. <laughs> I'm not doing it. That's that's not – no. Basketball is not as important as produce. Like, you just <laughs> never know what's going to happen with Kyrie. His temperament is just so – and I understand, like, why the Nets were just like, yeah, we're not about to pay you, like, for the future because we don't know what the future looks like. Like, you can uh, just up and retire, you know, just – one day you're like, you know what? I don't need basketball anymore. I'm done. And now you're like, dang, we just gave up Cat and Ant and four first-round picks, and you just decide you don't want to play up in – it's too cold up in Minnesota. I, I don't want to play there anymore. And then Kevin Durant, you know, he may just decide like, okay, yeah, I'll play for a year, and then, all right, now, now I want to be traded. I don't like it up here. But take like, all that out of it. Take all the off-the-court stuff out of it. I said that. there don't. There's no COVID issue because COVID was a big reason why Kyrie ended up where he ended up. Like his, right. his mental mm -hmm. 
issues with New York as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like the state of New York is absolutely nuts. Um, it, I mean, we, we see it there. There's a tweet that goes around now that's called uh, episode one, two, three, four of New York is not a real place. Like the things that happen in New York that are posted <laughs> on Twitter that like are caught on that this dude just jumped from the train tracks, overhead it. train tracks to the roof of a building across the street to outrun the cops. Like that is some Spider-Man stuff. I think and he that's made real it, life. Yeah, he made yeah. it. He yeah. made it and kept going. And then the cops look so stupid because like they're trying to figure out should we jump the fence? Right. Should, should we okay get some milk crates? Let's let's begin. like dude, that dude is gone. Like by the time them dudes figured out, let's get some milk crates and make a ladder out of this. Like that dude is at a home parkour. laughing at y'all. His friends yeah. got it on video now. It's on Twitter. Um, like it's, <laughs> so that's one of those things where Kyrie, I think he succumbed to like the offseason, the everything that happened. Um, his bad time in in and with the Celtics. If you take that out, just Kyrie, the basketball player. Kevin Durant, the basketball player, you go straight up two for two. You have Rudy Gobert now as your center. Do you make that trade without all the issues? Because we know Kyrie at any point could say, you know what? I'm sick of them not letting American squirrels across the border over to Canada. Like, I'm going (laughs) to fight for the American squirrels. Like, we know that. We know Kyrie thinks the earth is flat. There's a lot of stuff. But let's take that out of it because Minnesota is one of the most welcoming places I've been to where it comes like no matter what you are, who you are, and what you're about, sometimes people will accept you. And so I think Kyrie, for the most part, if he plays basketball and gives you, you know, 30 and 10 and 8 a night, I think fight our Minnesota uh, Timberwolves fans are fine with that. Kevin Durant, we know, can give you a 50-point game at any point in his life. Like any at any minute, he's ready to go out for 50. Consistent play from the two of them. Do you take that? Over Carl Anthony Towns and Ann Edwards. See, but that's the thing. I don't think I don't think you get Gobert if you're trade because they wanted the four picks that you ended up trading away for Gobert. So no, they just made this now though. They just they want it now. They said like, where are these four picks coming from though? They already traded them. They already traded them away. I think this straight up before before the Gobert trade. Yeah, this was before. Yeah, so they don't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, but that but but before you're not. They couldn't like they could. They were trying to get picks because they want to move Kyrie too. Like that's what the Lakers want. What what they're trying to really do is help the Lakers out too. The Lakers Mm -hmm. want Kyrie, so they're like, how can we create a whole bunch of stuff to give the Lakers enough? to come get Kyrie, but then also we're going to get some stuff from the Lakers. So whether we give them one, one, and they give us some twos, they need to get some of their picks back too. So, but I'm just saying right now, forget the picks just straight up. They're like, Hey, look, we'll give you these two. You give us your two. We'll move on. So the, like, so it's, it's kind of a theoretical. It's a right? hypothetical. Like if, if, yeah. If you could switch Carl Anthony Towns and Ann Edwards and put in Kyrie and Kevin Durant and ignore the age, I mean, ignore the off-field stuff, just what they are as a, as a basketball player right now, you probably do make that switch because Kevin Durant has won two titles. He's one of the greatest offensive threats in NBA history. Kyrie Irving versus Ann Edwards, I think Kyrie probably has a little better pulse on when to assert himself. Um, he's got a fantastic on-ball game. He's got a little better shot, I think, at this stage of his career. And it, and again, if this is real life with salary cap implications, long-term implications, I'm sticking with Cat and Ant. But if it's just a an in-a-vacuum scenario, yeah, I would I would make that trade for sure. Well, here we go. We, we know Luke is about 75% sure he would, but he's probably like, <laughs> nah, age. We know Reggie's like, nope, I'm not doing it. Sam was with me. Let's go get KD and Kyrie. I mean, let's just do it. Let's just see what's happening. Well, it, yeah, like, I mean, I, it, it's all about I winning see what a, one championship in Minnesota. I think right. if you ask fans, hey, if, if we had to mortgage the next 10 years and we just 
garbage. We'd have to tank. But we get one championship. Would you take it? I don't know. I think the people are at that point where they say, yeah, I, I just want to see one in my lifetime. And Katie, Kyrie, like Sam said, they've won them before. They know how to win them. I think a lot of fans would be pretty tempted to take that offer. You're right. I'm, and I'm not trying to, I'm trying not to hide. I mean, I'm trying to hide my bias, but I'm a huge Kyrie fan. So I love Kyrie. I love Uncle Drew. Like, I love the movie. I love the storyline. Like, I love what he brings. Like, imagine walking in Lifetime Fitness and you see this 80-year-old dude hooping and he's killing it. Like that, Kyrie does that kind of stuff. Like he just shows up places for Pepsi, dressed as Uncle Drew now. Like he's like he does, like he's just. There's been sightings of him. Um, you know, Nate Robinson's done it a couple of times with them, where they just go to parks and randomly. Like Minnesota would love that at Lifetime Fitness or one of these gyms or something. Um, but here's another question within this question: D'Angelo Russell's still here, so you got D'Angelo Russell and Ann Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Carly Towns. Now, honestly, that's a great four. Like. I'm ready to go to the playoffs with those four right now. They're they're definitely not a seven C playing team. They are now a legit four to five C because that's where the Utah Jazz always were. They were four to five with Rudy Gobert and just Donovan Mitchell, and then the left-handed dude Ingle, uh, I think is what his name or whatever. Joe Ingles, uh, yeah, Joe Ingles, and they were four and five C. They just never could get over that hump, which that hump was the Warriors. If you look at this team now, you just replaced Donovan Mitchell with Ann Edwards. You have a Carl Anthony Towns who's better than Ingles. You now have a D'Angelo Russell, who I think they had Mike Conley Jr., right? Is that who mm-hmm. the Jazz had? So mm-hmm. Mike Conley Jr. and D'Angelo Russell. Mike Conley gives you a little bit more, like like Sam said, uh, ability to understand the game, like make the right passes. But I think D'Angelo Russell can understand, like, now, like, okay, wait, now I'm really four fiddle. Like, I am no longer in this big three. It's the big three and me. I like that title. Um, he that's That's what he should be ready to do and willing to take a pay cut. Because if not, Hey, trade with the Grizz and go get Tyus Jones. Like, let him run the show. Like, he's willing to just play ball. He doesn't care about all the points. He can score when he wants to, and we've seen it in the playoffs. But I'd be down with the trade now because he's signed. So now you can trade him and know exactly what you're getting. The Grizzlies can say, hey, let's get D'Angelo Russell with Job uh, Morant. Now we have a two-power guard, you know, kind of scenario. But with those four, the question is, do you think they're done? Do you think they're going to be good with these four? And just add in one more piece, you know, somebody's going to play in to be that three or that four or that point, you know, I mean, shoot, what do they need in that system? I guess a three, um, you know, somebody to come play the three, which Jade McDaniels is the guy right now. But, you know, are they going to just let these guys play those five or are they going to try to find another point guard to say, hey, let's get this contract off of us now before it's too late? Yeah, Tim Connolly kind of hinted that they are not done, but he kind of hinted at making some more moves in free agency. But I think, you know, quiet is kept. He probably is like answering calls to see, you know, what the the interest is for D'Angelo. I think some of those dominoes that fell, like, you know, Brunson going to New York and, you know, DeJounte Murray getting traded to Atlanta and things like that, I think those kind of affected what D'Lo's market could have been. And, you know, I think they're okay with just standing pat, especially, you know, being that he has an expiring deal. But the the issue is the long term. Like, he's not long for Minnesota just because, like, they already have two max contracts, two super max contracts, I should say. They only got room for one more, and that would seem to be preserved for Ant. And you can't pay deal. I think they just kind of need a guy that can come in that, you know, maybe you can pay, like, a mid-level exception to or or a contract like you said like a Tyus Jones or uh, something like that that you know you can get them for the cheap because your three max contracts are going to those three guys and you just need some guys that you know I think 
what D'Angelo does, you know, at his best, like he helps the team. But I think, you know, at his worst, which we've seen, he really kind of hinders them with some of the, the basketball IQ decisions that he makes out there on the floor where he's just coming down, you know, two or three seconds into the shot clock, just jacking up a, a three clanking off the side of the backboard. Like, that's not helpful. And you got guys like Ant and Cat and Rudy out there that they're like, okay, like I can get a bucket, you know, more high percentage than this. You can't be doing that with us, messing up our possessions. But, like, if they had, like, a guy that came out there, like a Conley, like I think somebody like Mike Conley would be a great type of a fit for point guard for this team just because he can distribute, he can make plays, he can kind of get guys in position uh, to be the best out there on the floor. But I think they're kind of banking on, okay, well, let's see if D'Lo can – you know, kind of develop and grow his game a little bit with these guys that are out here on the floor. We'll stand pat. But if somebody calls, they're like, eh, we'll see what they're talking about. Yeah, well, it, it feels it feels like D'Lo is the next Kevin Fiala. He's going to have that last year where he's kind of a lame duck. It's his swan song in Minnesota, and everybody knows it. Um, and what can they get out of him? Because this is not a Timberwolves team that's in the interest of, you know, getting worse. Like D'Lo, having D'Lo does give you – depth and talent even though he makes some mind-bending decisions sometimes and he can shoot you out of some possessions there is a piece of him that is really good and, and is going to win you a couple games by himself i can think of a handful last year that delo just took over play and won, in game and won for them the play in game was unbelievable that's a good point reggie um i wonder if the wolves need to add still some more front court depth because they've exchanged essentially jared vanderbilt and walker kessler for Rudy Gobert. So really, they, they lose a body in that mm-hmm. exchange. Nas Reed is still there. Other than that, they still don't have a lot of rebounding depth. Uh, what if foul trouble remains an issue for Cat? I mean, I, I still don't love who's going in there at power forward and center uh, if their big guys are out. And and I know that Gobert certainly is probably a better defender than Cat. He's not going to get into as much foul trouble, but I still have worries. What if there's an injury? What if Gobert misses time? What if Cat misses time? Who is going to fill that void uh, at the forward and center positions? Well, we're going to move on. There's another question we have to talk about. We've hit on football. We hit on basketball. Now it's time for some baseball. This will be a quickie, but here we go. Twins are a four-and-a-half-point game lead right now on the AL Central. When you look at the Guardians, the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Royals, you look at the rest of the major league baseball front. We know the, the Yankees are the favorites right now. They they have the most wins in the in the major leagues. They are the Yankees. I mean, we grew up on the Yankees. I mean, think about George Costanza. Like Seinfeld's <laughs> whole thing was about the Yankees and the stripes and all this other stuff. But when you when you look at the sports betting, because it's all about sports betting, betonline.net, we know what they do. Uh, we know it's all about the betting. We know that's what makes it fun. Everybody's praying that sports betting comes to Minnesota, that we make it legal and all this other stuff we can do here. When you think about the 35 to 1 favorites of the Twins and you see teams with worse records than them being ahead of them in this, because when Sam kind of named them off, uh, who had better odds, I figured it, I, I got, I think I got like eight or nine of them right. When you think about the names of names, you got the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, of course. You got the Astros. Uh, You move over into the National League. You got the Mets, the Braves. You go down to the Phillies. You also have the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs. Who are the Cubs sucked at 34 and 49. And then you have the Dodgers and the Padres. 
So when you when you think of the Cubs and the White Sox, they're struggling right now. That's tough for that city. I know they're not happy. And they got the Bears. Oh my goodness. This is and the Bulls. The Bulls aren't doing well. The Bulls are okay, but they're not. They're uh, I'd hate to be there. Zach um, Levine. That's Zach all. Zach Levine. Yeah, maybe get Zach He's Levine from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you think about that, why do you think the the Twins having better records than some of these teams and still having worse odds? What do you think that attributes to? They don't trust them. They, you know, have have they seen, you know, some of these horrid ends to these games that the bullpen has blown, you know, Emilio Pagan, he may get out of an, an inning once every five or six starts. Like, it's rough, man. Like, it seems to be like every week they have some type of, like, demoralizing type loss, and then they come out the next series and win two of three. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it's like, I think, in these meaningful games, I think these betters are probably like, well, like when it comes down to it, they can blow it. And as good as these bats are, as good as the the hitting has been this season, like it has been just awful to – and I'm not even a Twins fan. I just cover the team for this city, try to, you know, be as unbiased as possible. But I look at these games and I'm just I'm throwing stuff at the TV just because it's like, man, they how do you just have a win in hand and somehow still lose? And they really don't seem to be in any type of urgency to do much about it. I think they need to add a couple arms in the in the bullpen if they can. Really, the starting pitching hasn't been the problem. It's been the bullpen. And I think that's the that's what the, the betters are seeing. They're like, man, we're not trusting the twins. Yeah, I think there's just not a lot of respect for the AL Central. I mean, I mm, think that people mm-hmm. see the collective records of the AL Central teams. The Twins are the only team above 500, and they say, well, their record is propped up on playing these bad teams, and, and they're really not to be taken seriously. Um, I would contest, though, that for the most part, and you can point to the Yankees series where they blew a game. You can point to the Guardians series you know, where they blew a couple, but for the most part this year, the Twins have composed themselves pretty decently against some of those those above 500 teams. The Twins haven't lost a game by more than three runs in like a month. Like, they are in every single game, and these blown leads are, are ruining the way we view them. But mm-hmm. they've actually, like, innings one through seven, they're putting themselves in position every time. So imagine if they figured this bullpen thing out at the trade deadline and actually kind of lined up a seven, eight, nine like routine where they know which pitcher they're going to go to and don't have to bite their nails and sweat bullets just to, to worry about getting out of an inning. I, th- I still think there's meat left on the bone for this team that that maybe the national betters don't realize yet. Yeah, when, yeah, when, you, when look you get at... into the playoffs too, uh, excuse me, sorry, Ron, when you get in the playoffs in baseball, so much success is determined by pitching and be able to throw out one or two aces to win that first and second game and not just get a lead, but be able to close out games, obviously. And the twin starters, I think we'll all agree, have wildly exceeded expectations this year, which is great. And right now, from what we've seen from Joe Ryan, who's their ace, he's starting to struggle a little bit. We know the bullpen's a complete mess. Twins fans, I think, are justified not trusting this team when it comes to a postseason run. And right now, just kind of sitting back and enjoying what they can. It's a really talented, fun lineup. They can put up double digits any single night. But when it comes down to crunch time, they've proven to us, unless they go add some more depth in the pitching department, they're just not to be trusted quite yet. Long season, things can change. But as it stands today, Twins, yes, they're a lot of fun to watch. But... I don't think anybody's, uh, you know, calling them a World Series championship caliber team quite yet. 
But yeah, people still don't trust him. I think that's part of the problem. But as we move into the next one, here we go. We got to figure out which franchise in the state of Minnesota, and and I I bite my nails at night thinking about this sometimes because I know this is <laughs> hockey town. I know this is hockey town, and I stay up late, and I'm nervous about this one. But we know the, and we're, we're I guess we're saying the Vikings are number one. Who is the number two sports franchise in the state of Minnesota? Mm. It's the state of hockey, man. I, I got to mm. go with the Wild. Well, I, I, obviously, you said it, right? I mean, football's king, especially in this town. But, yeah, mm -hmm. who's number two? Good question. This is the state of hockey, and the Wilds seem to go on a serious run every few years. T-Wolves, kind of the same. Every few years, they put together a fun, competitive team. But, you know, I look at what the Twins have done consistently the past two decades, and I think I got to put them over the top, just give them the edge a little bit, because just based off their success alone, they've won the division or made the playoffs nine times since 2002 and in turn brought a lot of uh, you know excitement into the fan base and that's more than any of the other franchises can say besides maybe the Lynx, of course but i'll give it to the twins and they've been here longer than all the other teams mm -hmm. too so yeah you you're know, right yep. so if, that. if you're looking at straight up attendance or tv ratings I would assume that baseball is probably coming in second in this town i think people care about the twins a lot um, but I, if you're looking at like the momentum, like arrow up, arrow down, just baseball as a whole is declining in this country. And I, mm -hmm. and I think people have been become a little disenchanted too with the postseason failures of this Twins team. Um, I think that the Timberwolves were a blip on the radar for 15 years in this town. But with the, the and starting with the Jimmy Butler acquisition, that injected something fresh into this market. And then a couple of years later, Ant comes along. I think the Timberwolves are going to make a strong case to be number two. Because if you look nationally, what's the number two sport nationally? It's basketball. People love the NBA. Um, NHL, Reggie, is interesting because this town supports professional hockey like very few other towns do in the United States. Canada is being an exception. Um, but uh, the, the, the St. Paul Arena, it's filled every single game. I mean, they support that team so much better than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, so it's hard to, to knock the Wild too much. But I could see the Timberwolves actually jumping into number two. If the Wild are number three, does that put the Twins at number four? Like, I think there's a legitimate case to make for all three of them being in any of those three spots. I'm going to go off fan engagement. This is what I look at. <clears throat> you look at... And I, and I hate to do this, but you look at Twitter. Go to Twitter. You can see the engagement. And that's this is where I kind of take it. At one point, I was going to say wild. And when I started the season off, I said wild. And I'm kind of leaning where Sam's going with that. With Ann Edwards and this seven-game play-in and Patrick Beverly, you know, getting up on the table like Kobe, wearing a robe, uh, you know, got an Instagram model, <laughs> you know, all this stuff Patrick Beverly is doing. Oh. Uh, now he's out there with Future and Monaco gambling. You know, like this dude is just, he, he's, 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 he's um, made for TV, you know. And so, or must-see TV. When you look at the engagement, the Timberwolves now have 1.1 million followers. The Wild have 738,000, I think, give or take, or 788, mm -hmm. 68, something like that. The uh, Twins only have 688. So I got to give it to the Timberwolves. I got to go Timberwolves, Wild, and then Twins. Because even though the wins are showing up, you know, the Twins are leading, people still don't really care until the playoffs. Like the, the and, I, and I, it's what have you done for me lately? You look at 
the playoffs, I think you would say the Timberwolves had a better successful playoff run than the Wild. Even though they lost to the Grizzlies, they made it competitive. And then they also actually won, I guess you want to say, a series with the playing game. So we're giving them credit for moving on around because they celebrated like they did. And the Wild did not. <laughs> the Twins still have to play theirs. And the Vikings can be 4-12 and, and 12 or 4-13 and uh, was it 13 now. And fans are still going to love them. So I'm going to go Vikings. Then I'm going to go Timberwolves, Wild, and then Twins based off fan engagement. I'm just going with the numbers. I'm an analytics guy. The numbers are telling me there's more fans right now. And then the Gobert, I think, just took it up another notch. Like you look at... People calling the, twi- uh, the 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 Timberwolves now because I've seen the commercials now and all the stuff calling the Timberwolves for season tickets because they're like, wait a minute, we got Gobert now too, Cat and Anthony Edwards with D'Angelo Russell. Like this is gonna be some fun basketball to watch, and I think that's gonna be the key now is um, what is that? Can they turn these wins and this fan engagement and create a product that's sustainable? Because that's the key is how sustainable is this? We know D'Angelo Russell is gonna kill him Fiala and be out of here. But can they get a guy? And I keep, I don't know why I love Tyus Jones, but I love his game. I loved him at Duke. I, I like what he did for the Grizzlies when you watch him come in. Uh, but they need a guy like that. They need a guy of his caliber. Maybe, I mean, we're forgetting about Wendell Moore. Like, it's no longer you need a true point guard. Nobody's pressing NBA players up the court. You just need a guy to bring it up the court and get the offense going. Uh, Steph Curry doesn't bring the ball up the court, and he's the point guard per se. So if Wendell Moore Jr. is your fire starter and he, he brings the ball up the court, I mean, that it is what it is. Like, now you put two strong guards on the court that are over 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and you just go power guard. I mean, there are so many different – I mean, and then you got the Twin Towers, you got the power guards, and then you got Jade McDaniels. You can go three guards with D'Angelo Russell, Wendell Moore. And, I mean, it's just so much you can do with this team, old AAU style, go 3-2 defense, put two bigs down, put three at the top. I mean, <laughs> you can have some real fun. But I'm going to go Timberwolves as the second team in this in the state right now. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys got a fair argument. Again, Twins got the rich history. They've been around the longest, but you're right, Ron. In a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately era, Sam also mentioned it, the stock era was pointing way up. By far the most excitement right now out of all three teams is around the Timberwolves. If if you had 10 people lined up and you had a ticket to the Twins game, the Wild game, or the T-Wolves game, mm-hmm. I think most people would want to go to that T-Wolves game. I think you're right. But that'll do it for the Locked On Sports Minnesota's roundtable. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Luke Inman. It's Reggie Wilson. And, of course, that's Sam Ekstrom, our producer, leading the way. We want to thank everybody who's continued to subscribe and download on YouTube, Instagram, wherever you get your content. Please continue to follow us, like, comment, tweet us. We are interactive. We love to interact with you guys. But have a great weekend, and that'll do it for us. Take care. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.